welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the Lions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we have a four-game slate here for you guys on Monday. Some interesting stuff going down over the weekend with some pretty big matchups. But we, like I said, have four to choose from here. Some Eastern Conference games uh, are probably the best matchups we can bring you. So we're starting off with the Celtics and Knicks matchup. Also got another Eastern Conference matchup for you in our, in our other game video there, the 76ers and the Heat, as well as our, our player props for you that we are looking to stay hot for you guys on. So make sure to like it. And subscribe to that page and continue to follow along with us. Also, want you to head to thelines.com. That's where you can get all the great written content we're talking about and more. Lots of attention on the NBA right now on thelines.com. And you can use that odds finder tool we have up there. Make sure you are getting the best odds available to you from all those U.S. sports books giving you guys NBA bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this little four game slate and then talk about our game here my Knicks and your Celtics. Yeah, and then the other game we'll talk about is Heat plus six at Sixers. Then the Pistons are plus six at the Hornets. Hornets suddenly winning basketball games. Celtics opened at minus five. It's now minus two and a half because Jalen Brown is going to be out for personal reasons. So that has moved the line. And then the Magic are plus four and a half at the Pelicans. Uh, I mean, it's an immediate reaction that, like I'm saying, okay, you're getting value here because Jalen Brown is out. He's a great player, and he is definitely helpful for what the Celtics do in certain moments, but he's extremely erratic. He he is tough to play off of, I think, for other guys. Uh, You'll often see him throw passes that were, like, not really expected or because he doesn't pass much, and I think he takes away from the rhythm of other guys to an extent. In any case, I mean, it's much more important for the Celtics that they have Marcus Smart back, that that they have Rob Williams and Al Horford looking healthy and refreshed after the break. Uh, Both those guys key in the uh, close win over the Sixers. Um, And, and I mean, did you know at this point that they've won 10 straight and 14 of their last 16 when Marcus Smart is playing, regardless of who else is there, Jalen Brown has missed quite a bit of time in that span and and they just keep on trucking. Um, and, and, And look, the last time they played the Knicks, it was, a high-scoring game. I mean, the last two times have been high-scoring. I think we both looked at this total, like, we're trying to figure out why 223? Like, why are we why are we staying that low? Uh, when when the Knicks have been lighting it up lately, for sure, I mean, one five straight of the, on, on their own here, 123 points per game, um, and really playing kind of like Celtics ball, right? They're like top 10 in terms of points off threes, in terms of three-point attempts. Paces up for them, for sure, 97.2. And the fact that what they're limiting, they're limiting threes and assists makes you think like, oh, I don't know if the Celtics will be able to to do their thing uh, playing the sprawl ball. But look, I mean, the the teams that the Knicks have played here, it's like Philly twice, can't hit a three, Atlanta can't hit a three, fired their coach. And there are some bad defensive lapses in here, giving up 64 paint points to Utah giving up 27 assists to nine turnovers to Philly. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm still just not ready to trust the these Knicks that they can produce against winning teams. They're still below 500 against teams with records above 500. Uh, Boston, obviously, great record in all circumstances, 21-10 and 10 against winning teams and a great record in the division, while the, the Knicks are 5-8 and eight in this tough division and 4-6 and six as home dogs. Third game in four nights for the Knicks. 
I, I just think the depth and versatility that Boston has is is a huge difference here. Even without Jalen Brown, they have plenty of depth. Uh, and, and the Knicks, it's just been two guys and then R.J. Barrett getting where you fit in. It's just it, they have a very high percentage of unassisted two-point field goals. That's just Jalen and Julius Randle making their own offense. We talked earlier in the season about how Jalen was unlocking things for Julius, and, and now it's just kind of like them being all-stars on their own, uh, which is great when you're playing middling teams, but maybe maybe the best team in the East. I don't know if it gets it done tonight. I, I think Boston gets revenge after that OT loss in the last matchup they had. Yeah, I'm not going to focus on that. Uh, who's going to win this game? To be honest, I do think it's a pick 'em, um, and, and I, I mean, I think it's it's fair to say that that the, the Knicks can win this one. I mean, to be fair to the Celtics, like even in that OT loss, like the Celtics let that one get away more than anything. If you if you watch some of that game, the, the Knicks had to to sort of win like five big minutes at the end of the game to get it into overtime is really how they did it. And then they actually went down in overtime by like four or five and then they still pulled it out. So it was just like a sort of a weirder game um, that had like these weird spurts of energy from the Knicks that, that allowed them to win the most important minutes of the game rather than any other part of it where they were getting dominated. And I, I just would rather mess with the total. Um, it's dropped three points. I want to know what I, I guess I, it makes you, you know, second guess your your confidence for a minute when we both look at it. Go two twenty three. It actually dropped from two twenty six. How are we so uh, not on the same page as whomever it is? Probably sharps that are that are betting this down so early. I don't, I'm not really worried about it. Like I'd feel a lot of confidence if you look at the last two matchups from these teams. The team that the Knicks are boasting this year um, is a lot different than the one that they're boasting last year, and that's why last year's games uh, in last January went under in, in, in this matchup easily. Um, one game in Boston, one game in New York, but the last two, one game in Boston um, to start to uh, I, the last one was in Boston, as we know that was the one that went to overtime. But even the game before with that you know 241, uh, 51 rather point total um, that was in Boston. Uh, or excuse me, in New York for that one. Like they're coming back. The Knicks at home have proven to be a team, especially in the, you know in the latter part of the season, maybe the last like month. Their their home splits um, versus their road you know numbers, it, it's it's a lot better. They actually were better on the road. Then they just completely turned it around. One of the most important reasons that I like this over and that I'm looking at it, uh, you know, for for this game is Mr. Josh Hart uh, and what he's done outside of the, the, the you know, normal. He's not, he's 14 points a game. It's great. But what he comes in and delivers to you is a guy who's, a starter, you're probably fourth or fifth best player at this point, if not if not higher than that. And he's not worried about scoring. We're still judging R.J. Barrett based on scoring. Josh Hart's come in uh, and sort of been the 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 piece that they needed for sure. That was a little bit different. That wasn't worried about scoring, but can still offer you um, all of those hustle points and stats as well. And I think that's a big reason for what you've seen in the last five from them. He's averaging more he's shooting better i mean 60 percent from the field and 62 percent from three making like two of three threes uh, a game that's all they need from him they just need that sort of stop gap and, and on defense he adds something to that their 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 perimeter defense that they did not have like a guy who can actually defend multiple positions on the wing and you feel good about it uh versus just having mitchell robinson as your only defender there so the, the only reason i bring that up is just because i think he adds to the overall flow of the whole team and i do still think he adds he contributes to this game these games going over i mean since he's been on the team the knicks have gone over in five four of six at this point so um i feel pretty good about that for them and i just think that the points are going to be coming jalen obviously a bit better on defense as 
well. Um, and, and offense seems to flow even more so when he's not out there, as you said, because at this point, um, Jason Tatum is that guy for them. He is the number one offensive option, and he, he's proven to be able to be that uh, at this point. I, you know, No matter what, they're still going to be able to get theirs, as, as you mentioned, for the Celtics. So I just I really like over 223 in this more than anything, and I plan on hitting that as soon as we're done with this. Yeah, I guess the total dropped along with the spread because of Jalen Brown being out. But yeah, there are there again numbers supporting that they're they're actually a better cohesive offensive team without him. They've not only won nine of their last eleven, they're scoring one twenty a game and twenty nine and a half assists and eighteen and a half threes at over forty percent. That's exactly what you like to see with the Celtics. I mean, it's like did they hit fifteen or sixteen threes? Did they shoot over thirty six percent? Then they probably won the game. And so, yep. I know you think. The Knicks can win a shootout with these Celtics because you saw it a, a couple weeks ago, but I, I think that that was a wonky game. I mean, Jalen, it, it would have gone under this total if it stayed in regulation, right? It would have been 220. Uh, but Jalen was 8 for 22 from the field, 1 for 8 from 3. Not not helpful. Uh, Tatum was cooking with 35 points. The Celtics did hit 27 threes against this Knicks team way back at the beginning of the season, but... Uh, I, I think we both agree. I mean, yeah, the over is definitely in play here. Four of the last five at the Garden for the Knicks. I've gone over the exception being when Philly played at the, like 90 pace and only hit seven threes. And, and Boston just, when you get more minutes to guys like Brogdon and Sam Hauser, they're just, they're going to be raining threes. It's it's going to look at least like like lucky re- regression from for the Knicks to have been the top three three-point defense in this stretch because the Celtics are just going to get better looks and they have too many weapons out there. So I definitely lean towards them them winning uh, along with the over. No, I'm good with it. I, I, I'm not concerned with uh, opponent three-point percentage too much. I really want to know how many threes are opposing teams making on you um, and, and really how well are you guarding it? How are you committed to guarding it? And I mean, still, 11.5 threes made per game. I understand it's been like a really nice opponent three-point percentage of 32% that's been coming against the Knicks in their last six games or so. But um, yeah, those three-pointers made are still above 11. Uh, and it, you know, the, the three-point percentage is such a, a high-variance shot that I'm not really concerned. I'm not looking at that going, oh, the Knicks are playing shutdown D because opponents aren't hitting their threes against them. The, the conversation around the Knicks for the past two seasons has been the most, the worst uh, opponent field goal percentage on uncontested threes because the three-point gods are smiling on them, essentially. And I think that continues to be the case. And the, the, it's not like they're going to be, uh, you know, better at, at stopping the Celtics team from scoring these threes, especially the way Marcus Smart comes in there and just adds to that passing effect on the wing. So like, like you mentioned, but... 216 is a really low total for the NBA today, but I mean, that's exactly what we've seen the last five times these teams have met in the regular season. In fact, we've seen it average about 200 at a 90 pace uh, with Philly getting nothing done offensively with Embiid struggling like he does against nobody else. And for me, I'm just more concerned about how long Joel Embiid can keep this up. I mean, he's playing more consistently than he has in any other season but he's just doing more on both ends, right? Yeah, like six blocks against the Celtics. Um, and he would protect the rim, and then there'd be nobody there to help him rebound. And you could just see the exhaustion every single play up to the point where he just, like, fishes for free throws so he can get some rest um, on the other end. I mean, that is a huge part of his game, getting the free throw line. Yeah, Both these teams have a very high free throw rate recently. I mean, Miami has at one point was top five limiting free throw attempts. They still are in their last eight. huh? And I mean, at one point they were number one and number one in defensive efficiency. They've just 
unraveled in terms of just being doing exactly the opposite of what you might hope from them. Um, just not not bringing it against bad teams, uh, losing at Charlotte. But I Boy. still have a lot more faith in in Miami. You know, popping up, bringing up their intensity. Jimmy Butler against one of his former teams here. They've won three of the last five against Philly here. The one, one of the the recent ones they lost was actually with Embiid out. It was the Tyrese Maxey Sixers, which mm-hmm. is a completely different matchup. So they know how to at least make these games low scoring and and drag them out. And that's why I don't really think I like Philly to cover six. Uh, if you talk about teasing this in either direction, I would say Miami plus ten. For sure. I mean, I know they got blown out in Milwaukee, but this is such a different matchup. Like, there's no way Philly's going to spread you out and hit threes from all over the place. Milwaukee hit 19 threes at nearly 50%. Uh, It's just a completely different offense. It's just about can you limit their pick and roll game and can you limit Embiid, which which they've done lately and which, you know, fatigue is also going to be a factor for him uh, just one day off after playing the Celtics down the stretch there. Yep, and, and we should give the big man credit for hitting that f- full-court shot. As time was expiring, didn't go in, um, but I literally just yelled at the top. Like, that was the craziest shit I'd ever seen. It didn't go in. Either way, uh, I, man, I, yes, I'm with you. Uh, that six points in this matchup just doesn't feel right. I, I don't know what Miami would have done. They haven't done anything to give you confidence in them to be able to do anything, cover, score, uh, anything and really score, man. Like they couldn't get a hundred against the bucks with Giannis only playing like limit what he played like seven minutes before he had to come out. Um, and, and yeah, I just, everything about what they're doing is gross. I, I just starting with like, who is the third best player on this team? It, I guess fourth best player in this team, really like you've got bam, Jimmy and hero doing plenty and, you know, over their last roughly, uh, Oh, the last 10 games, really, which is a nice sample size. And, and Heroes played eight of those. Bam and Jimmy played pretty much all of those as well. They're averaging close to 70 a game, 20 boards, 13 assists between the three of them. You look at the other around them, they need, oh, they're depending on Oladipo and, and Lowry, who have played two games for Lowry in the last 10. Depot's played four in the last 10, including you know, the last like four that he's missed because of these injuries he keeps getting. Then you look at Caleb Martin and, and Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and all three of them are shooting horribly over their last 10. Really, none of neither, none of them are shooting better than forty five percent from from the field or thirty three percent from deep, which is really what you depend on a ton from uh, from Struess especially, but even Vincent and Martin as well. Uh, in these situations, they are ten and five to the over. I, I don't want to touch an over between these two, two, two these two teams, even at two sixteen and a half. Um, I mean, in these situations where the, the Heat are away dogs, they're going over uh, in eight of their last nine in that situation. So it kind of seems like this is prime for them to just continue to give up points. I mean. The, they would go over this total in their last three because they're giving up like 125 points a game, not even because they're able to get close, you know, more than that on their own. Um, so, you know, playing at the normal slow pace that the, these, both these teams play at, that's why, you know, in their last season, regular matchups, they played at like a 95 pace between them uh, just because that's just what they do when they get there. And, and I think you can expect more of that. I really just like unders in this game. I mean, Embiid's points total is at 32 and a half with a 216 and a half points total on the game his point prop is at 32 and a half that's just insane to me I mean it it is indicative of the fact that he's probably begging for help uh, anywhere he can get it Uh, Harden is just not the same scorer that he was if he's not hitting from three um, don't expect him to get 30 points 
And if he's um, you know, it's getting to the free throw line like seven times a game, they have been a lot better at that in their last uh, roughly eight games at home, getting to the line like the second most. Um, I mean, the, the the Heat also getting to the line. We know that these two teams do that. But if those foul calls don't get you know made for them, and, and the Heat have been really good at limiting free throws in their last uh, bunch of games as well, which, like you said, they've been number one on the season at times, but dropping a little bit as of late, still in the top five. So you kind of expect uh, you know them to be able to, to at least – hang with OMB. That's the reason that they've been able to, to win like that playoff series that they won last, uh, last season. And then even their in their last, you know, regular season games, the reason Miami is able to hang and do what they do is because they've limited to MB to under 20 points a game in those last four that they played. I mean, even in the last eight that they played, when you include the playoffs, they had the same stats against him in, the, in their six game series where they limited to less than 20 points, fewer than 10 boards, uh, fewer than two assists as well. And seven free throw attempts a game for Joel in that time period. So I, you're not going to find me taking an over no matter what the situation is with, with Philly going over or Miami going over consistently as a way underdogs. Like I'm not paying attention to that. I'm paying attention to these two teams playing each other. And if you think this is going to be a nasty slobberish game, like we both expect it to be six points is just too many uh, at that point. If, if Philly's not going to have any kind of fluidity to their offense uh, to be able to break away from this Miami team, I don't expect Miami's offense to be able to do shit, but like they're still going to be able to hang around on defense enough to make this like a weird gross game that they can hang within six points. Yeah, weird, gross game. P.J. Tucker, uh, first matchup against his former team as well. These teams actually haven't played yet, and yeah. it's going to be a home-and-away situation where they play again on Wednesday in Miami. Um, we should mention that the Heat, of course, playing games with the injury report. We don't know if Hero oh, or Lowry are going to play, uh, which affects the over in that sense. But I, I do think if you see Tyler Hero active that you could get over on 216 here. With some confidence, I mean Philly. We their their home road splits. We've talked about plenty. Uh, I mean they've gone over at an alarming rate at home. Uh, didn't go over against the, the Celtics, sure, uh, but the 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 pace and and the scoring at home. I mean 120 points per game since the start of December at home. I know that he are, and they're just their defense hasn't been up to snuff in terms of what it was in recent years. You'd say like, well, that's when the Heat comes to town, it's going to be a one hundred five or below. But I just don't know where their focus is at, and maybe starting Kevin Love is not going to help your defense either. Um, and they're going to try to just space things out a little bit more, play a little bit more shootout style, which you can if you have a playmaker like Hero. Um, it's just, yeah, you, you always have to watch until the last minute with Miami because you don't know who's going to play. Uh, but even if they don't have some of these guys, yeah, I just have a hard time trusting Philly in this spot after the emotional exhaustion that was their Saturday night game to just come out and blow Miami away. Uh, I just don't see that happening. No, yeah, the way they had to come back uh, against the uh, the Grizzlies the night before, or two nights before that as well, right? They had yeah. to, it took everything out of them to be able to win that game by five points when they were down by like twenty one points at one point, uh, and then that Celtics game, the emotional aspect of giving it away almost um, in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, I think this is a, a good opportunity to to fade Embiid, which means you're fading the Seventy Sixers, and if Euro plays, sure, there's going to be more points, and and you can feel better about that. He's been sizzling hot from deep as well in his last roughly like eight games or so but uh without him especially like just not touching that total to be honest with you so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place 
then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play-up prop for tonight. Your boy, Mr. Tatum. All-star MVP, Jason Tatum. Uh, but he is not just scoring with zero resistance since we came out of the break. He's being more of a playmaker uh, because you see the Celtics getting healthy, money, several more guys back in the lineup, including Marcus Smart. Uh, and you know, he kind of adjusts his game to be less of a, of a total gunner. Um, I mean, really it's just Tatum playing a ton of minutes and being productive all over the floor. But you look at his last seven with Marcus in the lineup, 32 points per game, nearly 12 rebounds and six assists. So I'm actually not taking the points here, which is 32, uh, which is, you know, what he averages his last 20 without Jalen Brown. He's not going to play tonight. Um, but really I want the, this, this rebounds assist prop is a little too low at 13 and a half, uh, plus one Oh two at FanDuel or even at, at DraftKings. I mean, two games out of the break here, averaging 12 and a half boards, six and a half assists is just like cruising past those. That's what he's averaged his last four road games playing nearly 40 minutes, um, with a 34% usage rate. And, and like I said, with Jalen out, he averages also 32 points at a 36% usage rate. So if you do want to bundle everything together and and 44 and a half PRA, um, I don't think that's a bad bet, but I just think the peripherals are too low. There should be a ton of rebounding opportunities here with the Knicks, uh, who are playing at a bit of their faster pace here. He had 14 boards last time out against the Knicks. And um, yeah, I think he'll be making plays at, at making and, and racking up assists as well. I mean, I, th- I think he's looking at double digit rebounds here and you just need a few assists after that. Yeah. It's just that the points are really high. I mean, everything's really high for him in this game, even though these, the totals are dropping uh, on the game itself, but it's, it's, it's a, a good, you know, a good bet in terms of the value that you're getting on it. It's right around what he is averaging uh, in these types of situations. So I, I think with the value on the, the return, it might as well take it since it's about at the line of expected, uh, you know, t- output from him. So I feel pretty good about this one though. Um, an under in this Philly Miami game, I mean, under 32 and a half points for Embiid, I thought it would be lower. I thought it would be closer to 30. I thought it'd be 29 and a half, 30 and a half points for him. Um, I know what he's been doing, but it's it's Embiid against the Heat. If you get that on FanDuel, 32 and a half is minus 120. A little bit better than the minus 125 on DraftKings. You can also look at the uh, under 47 and a half PRA. I like that a little bit better because of the minus 111 that you get really close to even money on him to get under 48 points, rebounds, and assists. I just love adding the assists in there. I mean, he he is not diming against this uh, Heat team uh, at all. Two assists a game in his last eight games against them, including in the playoffs there. Um, his last four in the regular season versus Miami, thir- 19 points a game, 10 boards, 2.8 assists. That's in 34 minutes with the same 30% usage that he gets all the time. I really, you know, am, am eyeing the fact that there's he only gets seven free throw attempts a game against them as well in his last eight on a, and 40% from the field. So not shooting 
shooting great from the field, not even getting to the line to get those easy ones. You talked about in the game video how tired he looks and how you know how much energy they just uh, expended trying to you know come back in, uh, against the, uh, the the Grizzlies and beating them at home, then having the uh, a tough one that they lost by three to the Celtics. So. I just think, you know, Miami, obviously with Bam and company, number two in limiting centers points per game and number one in limiting their rebounds and assists per game. Um, it's been that way for a few years now. We know what they can do down low and, and defend the paint and everything like that. And beats an all-world talent, but uh, it's just it's a bad matchup for him. It has been for a long time, and these props remain way too high uh, in this type of game. Josh has a pretty good record of picking the under on these scary big uh, guys <laughs> like Luca. I think you hit two in a row unders on Luca, but just barely. Uh, I would take the whole PRA package to try to get under there because I do think, I mean, regardless of what you've seen in recent history or regardless of how a team's going to defend him, he can just get 35 points one way or another. I mean, there's a reason he, he is currently the scoring champion, right? And it's just a little scary. Taking the under on 32 points, especially when they're giving you better odds for the over. Like, I almost want to just say, like, you know what? Screw recent history. Miami's not playing D like they used to. Uh, Embiid's probably going to get his 33. Uh, but I'm going with Gordon Hayward here, who looks healthy for now. We'll see how long that lasts. But in his last five, he's really turned up to to be, like, sort of his all-star form of – of recent years, 22 points per game, five and a half rebounds, four assists on a 24% usage rate, playing well enough that Terry Rozier's usage has dropped pretty considerably the last two, uh, where Charlotte, you know, popped up and surprised the Wolves, uh, and then and then also beat the Heat uh, because they've got Hayward playing well. Um, so 16 and a half points is pretty low for him. For to hit two threes is incredibly juicy. Plus one sixty five. Uh, I mean, he's not taking. He's not a high volume three point shooter. He's hitting one and a half in this five game span here, but at fifty seven percent. So, I mean, you're gonna get some good looks against Detroit. Detroit, the second worst defense in the league on the year, uh, third worst in terms of points and assists to small forwards, and the, the last ten road games, a nice one twenty three defensive rating so I think Gordo uh, will continue to benefit from LaMelo Ball playing extremely well and finding him um, and and that Charlotte offense starting to to click here maybe it's a little different without Mason Plumley, and that has something to do with it but I think it's more just health for uh, for Hayward yeah, it's it's all health. I will not hear any slander against the Plum Dog on this show. Who's uh, actually? Play, I know you won't. And he's playing really well. Actually, another double double there the other night for the Clips. But uh, there's you got to take something in this game. Someone's going to be scoring a bunch of points. Someone's going to be getting a bunch of uh, stats filled up in this game. There's going to be a bunch of people probably doing that uh, in a game that will be not uh, that will be consisting of a lack of defense to be sure uh, for those Detroit Pistons and their lack of D. But I'm going to go with two potential props here at the end. I, I, I want. And here's where I'm conflicted. I like to Tobias Harris unders as well. You pointed that one out. You kind of pointed out both these to me. And, and I'm looking at RJ Barrett over or Tobias Harris under. And I think you could take either. And, and I'll start with the Tobias Harris under. Obviously, I just told you about a, a Joel Embiid under. Um, but both these guys are ripe for that, to be honest. Uh, Tobias Harris not playing well in his last nine games or so. His PRA right now, points, rebounds, assists combined at uh, on DraftKings is at 26 and a half. I think you actually get a little bit better juice on the same number there on fan duel uh under 26 and a half probably about 120 uh minus 120 on fan duel for for him to get that his last nine 11 and a half points per game 
four boards and 1.8 assists. His usage rate all the way down to 15.7%. This is a direct result, Nate, of Tyrese Maxey being back in the lineup in the last, like, 10 games that he's been back. Obviously, that's going to hurt Tobias Harris and the amount of, of usage that he gets and how much of a focal point he is on the offense. In his last three, just two boards and one assist per game as well. And what that tells you is he's the fourth-ish banana, right? He just doesn't have the ball in his hands to be able to go and get those assists. As far as the rebounds go, um, I just don't know where he is on the floor at this point consistently on defense. Uh, there's just too much Joel swallowing up everything down low. Um, and his last three versus the Heat, 17 points a game on about a 20% usage rate. But if things continue at the way that they have with this, the way that this team is playing now, uh, I just don't think that, you know, he, he's necessarily there. I would also add, um, you know, the, the other uh, addition there of McDaniels there uh, has not been helpful for him as well. Shane McDaniels is way better on defense right now than Tobias is. So he's getting some of those minutes as well from Tobias. So there's a lot to like for the under on him. I'm just going to also say you pointed out the the over on RJ. The, the thought process there is that RJ Barrett against the Celtics has been just killer. Uh, 20 a game in, in his 11 career uh, starts versus them with about six boards as well. Shooting 43% from the field, but 51% from deep, making uh, better than two and a half threes there, Nate. Also better at home where this game is taking place uh, and also has gotten back into the, the the really groove of the offense with a 26% usage rate over his the last two months, really since he's come back uh, from a bit of an injury there as well. So I think you got to like RJ at 17 and a half points. Maybe you like the rebounds as well. 21 and a half points and rebounds for him. Same odds. Uh, but, you know, let's give it, let's give everyone an extra pick here tonight. We got five for you guys. Which one are you feeling on, on those two, if if not both of them? Yeah, like pull pull back the curtain and show that we were toss up on those last two picks. Uh, I also looked at Mark Williams for the Hornets while we're just like going through the whole brainstorm <laughs> process. Uh, but yeah, I mean, RJ averaging 20 over the last two months and for his prop to be 17 and a half in a game that we like the over a game where the Celtics are not going to be sticking their best defender on RJ Barrett. Smart's going to be all over Brunson. Um, Rob and, and Horford are going to be all over Randall. And that is part of why RJ Barrett's gotten his and, and Tatum's gotten his on the other end. Cause neither of them are, are really stopping the other one. Um, so I do like that. But yeah, I think the peripherals with Tobias Harris are just so crazy low to see him have like two rebounds yeah. uh, or fewer in like three of his last four games. It's like, what what are you even doing other than just, you know, being a, a three, a three point shooter? You're being like, uh, they've already got PJ Tucker. We don't need you to do that too. Um, and so I think taking his whole PRA while the odds are bad, it's totally worth going under on that. Yeah, I mean, Peter Tucker, I'm not going to say anything about that. But yeah, the minutes as well. I mean, just even in, in the last five or so for him down to uh, about 29 minutes a game. So like we said, not not good stuff for Tobias as of late, even though the 76ers keep cruising. So that's all the time we have for you in this one, though. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We are going to continue coming back at you each and every weekday this season with our player props and a couple game videos. So until we see you next, happy betting. Let's go, let's go, let's go.